Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. As always, I am your host, Jay Butler. I appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is brought to you through SoundCloud, and I appreciate you uh, listening in. You can subscribe through TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher.com. Or you can go to my website, thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Feel free to hit me up on my Twitter line at at jbutler0809392. That's at jbutler0809392. You can also check out my stories on pippinaineasy.com. And you can also check me out. I'm going to be um, one of the writers through uh, Full Press Coverage, which is another website that you can check my writing style out on. So feel free to drop me a line, feel free to uh, leave some comments, be more than willing to discuss them on my podcast, if they're good, as long as you're bringing it, as long as it's something that's of interest, I am more than willing to discuss it. Like this Jennifer Lopez, like, how much would it suck if Jennifer Lopez was your mother? I mean, seriously, could you imagine having a mother that looked like Jennifer Lopez? No, I would hate to have to deal with that. I mean, I love my mother to death, but I love the way she looks. She looks like a mother. Not in the sense of she looks bad. She just looks like she's somebody's mother. Jennifer Lopez does not look like she's anybody's mother. She looks like like a Hollywood mother, like like somebody dressed her up and she's playing the part of a mother of fake children that don't really exist in an alternative world where everybody's attractive. It's a typical Hollywood mother. But I digress. There's nothing uh, overrated or understated, I should say, about uh, Jennifer Lopez. Her acting career leaves a lot to be desired. But I got to give it to her for looking as good as she does at her age. Go you. A couple of things that I wanted to get into today. And um, I wanted to talk to you about what's overrated. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk to you about the fact that buying a stroller for your unborn baby... Is just a ridiculous notion that I don't suggest anybody go through. I, su- I suggest you just get a personal shopper just to go in and do the research of what is involved with the latest strollers and what makes a stroller the best possible stroller. Allow them to get a feel for it. Allow them to tell you how it runs, how it rolls, how it can get in and out of your car and just go off of what they say because the research that you have to do in order to get a a a capable stroller nowadays is just ridiculous there's just so many to choose from and they're expensive who knew having a baby was this expensive actually creating the baby took absolutely no amount of money whatsoever well there was a little bit of money involved not that type of money get your mind out of the gutter but more to my point, anybody can have a baby, but it appears like actually raising the baby, actually like just getting something to bring the baby home in is a feat that I'm not sure the majority of people are ready to handle. I know I'm definitely not ready to handle it. I agreed to take on this task of going through Amazon and, um, you know, being the supportive uh, husband that I am. Just I knew that my wife was getting overwhelmed by it. And I just said, you know what? 
let me take on this task. Let me shoulder this responsibility. I can handle this. And I can tell you this right now that I'm in over my head. I can't admit it to her because if I do, she's going to freak out. But I'm in over my head. But who knew that just getting a stroller was just like this hard to do? I didn't know it was this much work. If I had known it was this much work, well, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't have agreed to it, but I, I would have, uh, I, w- I wouldn't have waited until our six month, six months in to uh, try to figure out, figure this out. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Overrated. I just happened to see Sam Darnold and everybody was going on and on and on about his pro day. And if I have to listen to another person talk about another quarterback or another wide receiver or another running backs pro day, I'm just going to puke my brains out. Who cares about pro days? Pro days are the most overrated uh, event that can take place. You are throwing to wide receivers that you know that you're comfortable with that play with you in school, and you're playing against air. Against air. You're not reading defenses. You're not taking any snaps from under center. You're just having to throw to guys. You've been doing that since you were, I don't know, in elementary school, throwing to guys. Well, Sam Darnold actually started out a little bit later than your average quarterback. But, I mean, come on. How overrated is a pro day? I expect you to do well at your pro day. But to put any type of stock into how a guy is going to perform at the next level, at the highest level of competition in the NFL, is just beyond me. You're going to put all of your eggs in a basket off of somebody's pro day. Who cares? And I could care less if he was throwing in rain. He could have been throwing in a tsunami. It wouldn't matter. It's a pro day. It's on his field. It's on his terms. If you can't make throws at your own pro day, at your own place that you practice at, well, then that's a you problem. But I wouldn't show up for that. That's a big waste of people's time. Like, I understand you you showing up at the combine so you can get the guys measurables and all of that. You know, see like, like what their, their, their broad jump is. See what their height is. Are they really six foot or are they like 5'11 and a quarter? You know, how many bench prep or, or bench uh, presses can they put up? I understand you wanting to know how strong a guy is uh, based off of that. You know, some measurables. How fast a guy's 40 time is, their shuttle speed. Yeah, those are things that are going to matter on a football field. How fast a person is. I would prefer they actually did it with, you know, actual NFL gear on. Like, why don't they do that? Why don't they have combines and pro days with actual gear on? Like, that would give me a bigger, stronger indication of the type of football player that you're going to be than watching some guy throw footballs in shorts. Oh, I'm sorry. He did have some resistance. Sam Darnold was actually wearing long sleeves because it was a windy, rainy day. I mean, these are people who were taking, like, shots at Baker Mayfield because he wore a bandana. I would wear a bandana. I would come with an Indiana Jones hat on at my pro day and say, here, 
I'm here to I'm here to, to to impress you with my indie hat on and my indie whip ready to whip you into shape. Yeah, I would do that. But to actually put any stock into a guy based off of a pro day is just laziness to me. Like you can't look at the tape and determine what type of player said individual is going to be. You can't look at their game tapes, their highlights. You can just go off of highlights alone. And a big issue that I've had with Sam Darnold, and I understand that he had a tremendous pro day. He was able to throw a wet ball. Yeah, congratulations. Here's my congratulatory clap. My sarcastic clap. Thank you, Sam Darnold, for being able to make throws in your shorts. Thank you. But my, my, my biggest deal with Sam Donald is, and this is why, like, anybody that the Cleveland Browns take is not really necessarily going to matter because a lot of these guys just aren't standout talents. I mean, aside from Baker Mayfield and the amount of stats that he was able to put up, who is your standout talent? Saquon Barkley, I believe Saquon Barkley, and I could be getting this stat wrong. I hope that I am getting this stat wrong. But in 60% of his games played, he rushed for less than 100 yards. Do you know how hard it is to do? How hard that is to do as a, in, um, a college football running back to run for less than 100 yards in 60% of your games, that's not very impressive. I understand what he's able to do at the line of scrimmage. I understand how, how his ability to be able to catch balls out of the backfield. But to put up those type of paltry numbers, this, that's kind of a, a little bit alarming to me. And then you have Sam Darnold, you have Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, who sustained two concussions last year, comes from a very wealthy family doesn't need to play football, could quit on you at any time, that would be a red flag to me. A guy who has options, a guy who hasn't to go, hasn't, doesn't have to go out and take a beating, and you know that whatever NFL team that he goes to, they're not going to have a great offensive line to protect him. More than likely, they don't have a great running back to take some of the burden off of him from making certain plays on the field, from being able to diagnose an NFL offense, to be able to lead a team down the field and actually put up points. More than likely, they're not going to be going into that type of situation if they're going number one overall as a quarterback. More than likely, you're going to a dumpster fire. Oh, yes, and the Cleveland Browns do have the number one draft pick. So, yeah, you are going to a dumpster fire of a, of a, um, of a team, of an organization. But the main thing that concerns me about Sam Darnold is that he turns the ball over at an alarming rate. If he had come out after his freshman year, the, after that, that um, significant campaign that he put up, there would have not been any type of question mark. There would not have been all of these people who were who were just picking his game apart. You would have just hear, been hearing about a whole bunch of accolades about how much of the slam dunk of an NFL draft pick Sam Darnold actually is. 
But lo and behold, the more football that we've seen of him, the more we've watched him turn the football over. Fumbles. Interceptions. Reading the defense wrong, leading to uh, interceptions. We're not just talking about tips in the air from your wide receivers. And yes, you can say that he had young wide receivers. You could say that there was uh, some type of miscommunication that was going on with the... Um, with the routes that they were running. You could say a lot of that. But the bottom line is, Sam Darnold was a turnover machine last year. He was a turnover machine. You can talk about his body, his build. You can talk about his arm strength. You can talk about his ability to make plays with his feet. Dude turned the ball over. And last time I checked, the Cleveland Browns already had a quarterback like that who if I'm not mistaken, turned the ball over quite a bit and has a better arm than Sam Darnold. So am I really in a rush to take Sam Darnold, take Josh Rosen, take Saquon Barkley at the top end of the draft? At the top of the draft, I should say. I might look at that as a chance to trade down. I might look at it as a as a chance to trade down to see how many more draft picks I can get because Cleveland does not have a bunch of great players on their team. If they were, they wouldn't have... Look, we all know the Cleveland Browns record last year. We all know the history of the Cleveland Browns the past two years. Overrated. Can greatness be overrated too? Because I was looking at the uh, game that the Houston Rockets, Houston Rockets have won 23 out of 24 games. And you saw James Harden, who was doing James Harden things, going for over 40 points against Portland. They were snapped. Uh, Portland's, I believe Portland had like a 13 or, it was either 13 or 16 game winning streak. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd be lying to you if I, and you know, I don't mind. Uh, saying that I don't remember. It's my podcast. I can make those kind of judgment calls. I don't have to impress anybody. But James Harden going off and doing James Harden things, it was a very, very entertaining game to watch. But we're talking about a guy who is, what, this is his fifth year playing for the Houston Rockets. Three out of his five years, his team dropped out of the first round of the playoffs. We're, we're beaten in the first round. One of the years, he made it to the conference finals and was beaten five games by the Golden State Warriors. Just got his butt handed to him. Now you're going to take Chris Paul, who is also a career, I don't want to say career loser, because when you think about the teams that Chris Paul played on, Chris Paul actually made those teams relevant. Like the Hornets before Chris Paul were not a very relevant team. The um, Clippers, oh my gosh, with Donald Sterling. Can you can you imagine the Clippers with without Chris Paul, with just Blake Griffin on their team? Well, apparently the Clippers couldn't even imagine just having Blake Griffin on their team because they signed him to that ridiculous contract and then did everything they could to get him out of town. But you have Chris Paul, who has not been able to make it very far in his playoff tenure uh, throughout his NBA career. 
and you combine those two guys together, and you have him, you have James Harden, you have Clint Capella, and I understand the um, record that that they have when all of those guys started. I think they're like 40, 40 something and one. It's, it's a ridiculous record that they have when all three of those guys are starting. But it, it just made me think, okay, yes, you've done all of this. You've won all of these accolades. You're probably going to be the unanimous MVP. But is that just a bit, a, a slightly bit overrated? Can greatness be overrated? I think it can. I was watching it uh, this evening. I was watching it this evening. LeBron James was going for 35, 15, and no turnovers. And you know what I kept thinking to myself? Man, this hasn't been done in the history of the NBA. This hasn't done been done probably in 30 years in the NBA that anybody has put up stats like these. And then I thought to myself, yeah, but he's doing it in the Eastern Conference. He's doing it in the Eastern Conference. I mean, to give you an idea of just how great LeBron James is as a player, he was, it was the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. It was a couple of nights ago. And LeBron is matched up against Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, in my opinion, is the most physically gifted athlete in the NBA right now. I think he's more physically gifted than Russell Westbrook. He's like if Russell Westbrook were um Giannis's size, I think that they would probably be even. But I think Giannis has him as far as his physical attributes go. Just I've never seen somebody with that size, that speed, that length all packaged into one one player. Like Kevin Durant has the size and he has the shooting stroke. He doesn't have nearly like the athleticism that a Giannis Antetokounmpo has. He has the shooting stroke. He has the size. He has the um, ball handling skills. But the athleticism, like Antetokounmpo, not quite as up to par as I, as I would say that it, it that the comparisons would have you think that they are. And even with Giannis being the most physically gifted athlete in the NBA, LeBron goes for 40 on him. For 40. And I just kept thinking to myself, LeBron, you could do this anytime you wanted to. Anytime you wanted to. And then I was thinking to myself, you know, as great as a moment of this is and watching LeBron and him getting Kevin Love back, so he has his all-star back that he's been complaining about, that he's been moaning about, that he doesn't have on the roster, that he doesn't have somebody that he can trust and give the ball to in key situations. He has him back. And, you know, he passes the love for a corner three-pointer, and love makes the shot. Game over. Cavaliers win 132-129 over the Toronto Raptors. And I just kept thinking to myself, yeah, but it's in the Eastern Conference. And you just gave up 129 points. 129 points at home. 129 points at home. So as great as LeBron is, as wonderful a talent as he is, as amazing as it is to watch him play on a nightly basis, can greatness be overrated? 
Can it be when you're relying on Kevin Love to help um, balance out your roster? Can it be? I think so. I think greatness might be overrated. Of course, I'm a little bit biased because I still think that Michael Jordan is way better than LeBron James. And I'm a LeBron James hater. No, no, LeBron James hater. I shouldn't say that. I can appreciate LeBron James and everything that he brings to the game. A wonderful player. A tremendous athlete. uh, Can get a shot off whenever he wants to. But I would, I would love to see LeBron James and actually look at his talents and have that same Cleveland team, have them compete in the Western Conference and see just how far they can get. That's what I actually would like. I would love to see how the Cleveland Cavaliers would stack up being in the Western Conference and not having to go up against the likes of the Toronto Raptors who have the one seed in the Eastern Conference. That's just me. I like seeing the best players actually have to work for something. And I don't believe that LeBron has had to work as hard as others before him have had to have worked in the Eastern Conference. When the Eastern Conference was actually somewhat good. But that's just me. That's all I wanted to touch on for tonight. Um, uh, I, I don't know how my Bulls are continuing to lose at tanking. I thought that tanking was an easy thing to do, but the trade of Nikola Miritich to the Pelicans is not bringing me any type of relief. Uh, I got to say that I got to get off of this, this whole entire notion of watching or rooting for a team to tank. I don't know how to root for a team to tank. So if I don't know how to root for a team to tank, I guess I can't get on the bulls for not tanking as well as I'd like them to tank. But anyway, that's all I wanted to share with you guys. I appreciate you listening in. Remember, you can subscribe through TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher.com. I want to thank you uh, for listening uh, through this podcast, which is brought to you through SoundCloud. I appreciate you being in the rotation with me. I'm out.